Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. This is Joanne Wilson, co-pastor at Cool Church. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message. Welcome, everybody. My name is David Osborne. Uh, I come from Norfolk, Virginia, the, the home of the hitmakers, Pharrell, Timberland, uh, Missy, and the light, the clips. Chris Brown's right up the street in Richmond, but yo, we're so thankful to be here with you all and coming back together with family. You know, uh, Pastor Terrence said something about authenticity and, and, and like the reason why uh, we're friends the way that we are um, is because in the same things that he just said, I could literally echo back to, to them, right? So if you just ditto and, and air quote what he just said, I'm just gonna throw that to you all. But um, more specifically, I, I think about what the, wor- the word of God promises. He says there, there's people that you're gonna come across in your life that they're gonna stick closer than a brother. Like that's, that's the promise of, of God. That's the promise of the community of God. And so I would encourage you, if you don't have that, pray for that. You can pray that God will link you with brothers and sisters who um, don't have to say a lot, but can just sit in in each other's presence and understand and and grieve with each other. You know, we've walked through some things together as as friends, um, but that wouldn't happen unless the word had promised it to happen, right? And so uh, I'm going to talk to y'all how we talk. Okay, is that okay, y'all? So, so Terrence and Joe, we love you all so much. And the fact that we get a chance to kind of help build the community that you all have built here, this is a miracle. They, they go all around the country, like telling people how to do this. And the fact that we're just boys and homies and, uh, and sisters, I mean, y'all too, not me, but... Um, I'm just, uh, I'm just grateful that, that you all get us a chance to kind of be in y'all space. And, uh, you know, every now and then God supernaturally links you with people and you can't take that for granted. And so uh, we love you all so much. And so cool church, come on, the best pastors in the planet, y'all make some noise for Pastor Joe and Pastor Terrence. Come on, y'all. We gonna honor. We love y'all. And uh, my amazing wife Lydia, she's here with us. She's she's here with me too, y'all. We've been married for 14 years, four kids. We got a middle schooler now, so like, it's crazy right now. But I love you so much, babe. I thank you for the journey and being together. And. Um, you, you all, you, we've had a couple things that we've done online with you guys, and uh, it's going to be amazing when she gets this mic uh, eventually so she can just make me look insignificant and pointless on the mic. And so, Bay, I love you so much, and uh, thank you so much for, for being with us through the journey. Well, hey, y'all, let's get into the Word. Um, if you could get your Bibles out and go to Romans chapter 15, and uh, we're going to go to the first verse verses 1 through 13 if you're watching online so glad for you to join us um we understand now that this world is different like i came here i think in july of 19 and we were in a completely different world 
and two years later, a lot of things have changed. And so I want to jump right into the word because I feel like we got work to do and uh, I don't want to slow up the work. And so uh, let's let's jump into the word. Uh, I'm going to be reading the New International Version. And uh, my hope is that I can kind of continue on in this series, this cool summer series to kind of help us navigate some of the times that we're in for the glory of God. So uh, this is what uh, Romans chapter 15 verses one says. It says, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak, not to please ourselves. And each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it was written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. So for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures that the encouragement that they provide might have hope. Verse five says, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had so that the one mind you may do this with one mind and one voice and you may glorify the God and then also the father of our Lord Jesus Christ verse 7 says accept one another then just as Christ had accepted you in order to bring praise to God for I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth so that the promises made to the patriarchs might be confirmed and moreover that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercies as it is written. Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and I will sing the praises of your name. Again, it says rejoice you Gentiles with his people and again, praise the Lord and all of you Gentiles, let all the people extol him and again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. And in him, the Gentiles will have hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as I trust in him. And so that we trust together so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray for a moment. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your word is active and living and it accomplishes everything that it needs to do. Your word separates truth from false, fiction from reality. And I pray in these moments that the word of God would take root in our hearts. We ask that you would open up our eyes so that we can get a clear view of who you are. Show us ourselves and change us. In Jesus name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, I, uh, I know we're in this, this cool summer conversation and, um, you know, it's been kind of interesting because, you know, series in the past, we used to have a little bit of, of, of leeway in room because we could talk series and you could spend several weeks talking about a specific topic. But I don't know about you, but in the last two years and really this last year and a half, what I've seen is that sometimes you can plan to have a conversation and then something happens in the news and it completely changes whatever it was you were going to talk about. That's one of the balances that us pastors have to navigate because our world, there's so much, there's so many things that are happening in our world right now. And, and the responsibility of, of us as the people of God, of, as the church is how do we respond and live in these moments and be salt and light? 
and provide hope to things that look disastrous and that look crazy. You know, when I, when I think about some of the things that we're facing, whether it's wicked dictatorships, you know, all throughout the land in Cuba and people are, are, are declaring their freedom. And we stand with our brothers and sisters, our Cuban brothers and sisters for freedom. We declare freedom in a nation that is ruled by a communist regime. We're believing that God's going to do a work in the hearts and lives of the people, the leaders, the politicians. It, it'd be that or, or systemic racism or, or apathetic politicians who are simply just existing and taking money and using the people to build up their own ideas ideas of what wealth and prosperity look like at the expense of others or police violence. It's for me, the question that I'm wrestling with. And I think the question that each of us who are called to make a difference in this moment, we have to understand that this wickedness, whether it's police brutality uh, on innocent lives like Dante Wright or a 13 year old Adam Toledo or an unarmed George Floyd or even a, a sleeping Breonna Anna Taylor and countless others are these things noticed by God. People that are crying out in a land to say, we want to be able to live the way that we should live without being oppressed by a, by a state or by a government. Are we able to do that? And is God listening? So in this moment, after we've watched black and brown bodies uh, bombarded uh, with these images of violence, people that were created with dignity in the image of God, being heinously murdered, discarded and disregarded simply because this is evil incarnated. Is God listening? And are we aware of what it is that he has to say about all the craziness that we're seeing every single day. When we see millions of people that have, that have died from a disease and, 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 and should we do this or should we do that? And there's everything is politicized. And in the middle of that, the church of Jesus Christ, cool church is sitting here in Miramar, ready to impact what God is trying to do and say, would we be available to do that? And what would be the cause? You see, the miraculous feat that happened in Romans was you had these Gentiles who, were, who, were, who weren't Jewish culturally, but they came into the faith because Paul started this new church, and they came into the faith, and then there were these people who were, who were Jewish who had the customs of Jesus now because they now came into the faith. And so what was crazy is you had these two completely different cultural and ethnic groups who came together under the banner of Jesus, but there was this tension and this beef because they were like, yo, you're supposed to be, you're not supposed to be eating that food and worshiping God is what the Jewish believers would say. And the Gentile believers would say, no, 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 no. We can listen to this. We can dance like this. We can do all this. And we're cool with Jesus because we just put our faith and trust in him. And he don't really worry about all the things that we have to eat. And so there was this conflict of, of Jewish believers and Gentile believers because at this time in this part of the church, Paul had established this church and there were all these new people that came to God, but they didn't really know how to do the Jewish cultural stuff. They didn't know kosher diet. They didn't know all these different things that they were supposed to do. And so Paul is trying to make sure that their differences, their cultural and ethnic differences don't become the thing that they base their entire foundation or their values on, but rather they base their values on their hope in Jesus. 
So see, there is a high price to pay for unity. And as the church, we are responsible for facilitating the unity of our Cuban brothers and our Haitian brothers and our Jamaican sisters and our Dominican sisters and our Puerto Rock sisters. We're supposed to, re a responsibility to bring together, not under the banner of your music or not under the banner of the food that you eat, but rather under the banner of Jesus. It says, I can take all these different groups that have been marginalized in this country and I can build a culture that will actually change the world that you can send, use them to send them out into different parts of the city. And this people who were marginalized, God will bless them, put his hand on them, and then they'll begin to make the change and they'll be the ones that will resource community and they'll be the ones that will pay for stuff and they'll be the ones that will repair things. God is looking for us to undergird ourselves under the banner of unity so that he can raise up something completely different that this earth has never seen before. I wonder if there's somebody in this place, somebody online that wants to do something that this earth has never seen before. So the question then is how do we do all that? And I love Dr. King's statement. There's a book that he said that in order to do this, we must have the strength to love. There's a strength to love that is available for us. And the question that we gotta, gotta wrestle with it, we pay this high price of unity and we have to do this because our world, our cities, your family, they're in need of people that are willing to hope, believe, and trust past the pain of injustice and past oppression levied against our people. So then the question is we do this by doing this radical walk of strengthening each other in love. So, so David, how do we do this? I want to introduce this first idea. In order to have the strength to love, you got to, rem you got to remove your idols. You got to remove your idols. You see, David, you're asking, well, why are we going here on a, on a, on a summer Sunday? You know what I'm saying? Like, well, can, can it be a little lighter? But this is what I realized. I learned this in the last 18 months. The world is broken, hurting, and looking for realness. And if we don't have, if we're not undergirded with the word of God that says, listen, there are some things that you have prioritized. There are some, some, some images is literally what, I, what idolatry means. It's literally image worship. There are some things that you have lifted up and bowed your knee to that is actually not God. And as long as we lift up things that, that are not the one and true living God, then we'll, we'll always be in this state of conflict so that when things happen in the world, they're looking for somebody to give them a, a reason why things are this way. But if you've been worshiping money or you've been worshiping fame or you've been worshiping the status and the approval of people, then you'll never step into the reality of showing who the one true living God is. In Romans chapter one, verses 25, he said, this is what happened. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and then they worshiped and served the created things rather than their creator, who is forever praised. Amen. And First Thessalonians, I'm going to give you some word. He said in, in, in chapter 1, verses 9, for they themselves report what kind of reception they gave us, and they tell how they turned to God from their idols to serve the true and living God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. 
So see, brothers and sisters, the issue that we're going to have to deal with is like, what and who do you worship? Because everybody's worshiping something. Everybody's lifting up in, in, in the, the, the idolatrous worship of, of love of country instead of the unconditional love of oppressed people. The idolatrous worship of a police badge instead of the worshiping the God who created those black and brown bodies in his image. The worship of knowledge instead of worshiping the all-knowing God. See, we idolize philosophy and idolatry and go to college, get your degrees, do all that. But you don't worship at the feet of a professor. You don't worship at the, prof at the, at the feet of a worldview that, that doesn't lift up the value of people and doesn't lift up the value of a, of a free people from oppression but no we worship the one true living God and so why should you remove your idols removing your idols makes space for the true God when you when, when, when you search your heart listen to me if you if you search your heart and there are things that sway us to we have a position about something or we have a conviction about something and then the moment something else presents itself, we tend to go off that conviction. That just means that there's idolatry in our hearts. That we've lifted up, prioritized something that is not God and instead replaced that for something that was created and then we get confused because now we need the power of God. But the problem is because we haven't put God in his proper place, we haven't valued him for who he is, we haven't lifted him up for what he actually does in our lives. We've done that for things and people that only leave us frustrated, confused, and broken. And so you think that she's supposed to be the person that's going to change you and and bro, the only thing that changed the heart of a man is the Spirit of God surrendered to him, and now he will make you a new person. Don't put that relationship as your idol. And so see, we remove our idols by making space for God. We, re we remove our, our idols so that we can make space for his Spirit. That we're not ruled or controlled by our own yearnings and our own desires and our own things that we get swayed and, and we're really down on a Sunday morning when we're sitting in the living room and with our coffee and we're like, yes and amen. But then Monday comes and we don't have that same conviction is because there is some proof of idolatry in our lives. That the Spirit of God is saying, yo, I want to occupy that space. I want to be the resident ruler in your heart and mind. And we do that when we make space for his spirit, but you got to remove your idols, not only just for his spirit, not only for the one and true living God, but you got to remove your idols for others as well. Because see, you can't make space to love broken, hurting people that are going to frustrate you if you haven't first said, know what, God, I'm going to get the love of people and the love of opinions of people out of my life. Because see, people will disappoint you. Amen. People are going to frustrate you. People are going to get you, get you get on your nerves. But you want to love God with the love of the Lord. And you want to love others with the love of God. But then if they disagree with what you're going to say, you'll cower for their acceptance. And you see, listen, to my world changers, to my culture makers, for my difference makers, there's going to become conflict with what people say and what God wants you to do because he wants, he wants you to love them with an unconditional love.
but it's, you can't wait for their acceptance or their approval. And you'll see, so see the tension is, how do I love people and I don't want to be accepted by people? That's a real thing. But see, what happens is you walk this, this line and say, God, I've, I've surrendered to you and everything that's needed to happen so that I can fully get affirmed by Jesus. I don't need your approval. I don't need you to tell me how I look and then it changes what I do. I don't need you to, to, to tell me you like me or you follow. No, 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 no. When you get your affections and your approval and your identity from Jesus, man, everybody else, you know, everybody else that don't even, it's like, yo, I love you, but I ain't, I ain't, I ain't trying to like worship you. And see, part of the challenge is you ain't been affirmed by Jesus enough. So you tend to do stuff on the gram or you tend to do stuff in front of people and you're getting all outside of yourself and they're not even thinking about you and then when somebody that needs the gospel that needs the word you confuse do I dance do I do I sell? how do I Because you have lifted up the idolatry of acceptance and approval of man. And listen, yo, this world, don't, they ain't going to love you. They're not going to love us. And yo, we love it because Jesus loved it. I, I ain't not sitting here trying to get your approval. And so you take that posture. That's how you remove your idol of, of, of remove this idol of self-love. And you know, one of the things that I've learned through this process about what I can and can't do, like you're not going to be able to bend your knee to God and money at the same time. See, for so long, the church has, has tried to bend its knee to God. And then at the same time, try to bend its knee to money. And it's confused and broken. We lift up the idea that God wants to use you and he wants to resource you to help the world. But, yo, we're not out here worshiping money. We're not here. We're not, so, so stop trying to worship money. It's like you're going to serve God or money. It's one or the other. It's funny. He didn't say God or man. He said God or money. Because if I could whittle down into the, in the recesses of our hearts and if I could really say, how much would you do for $50,000? For $100,000, what would you do? For a million dollars, what you, would you do? Would you give up your values? Would you give up your convictions? How much money, what would you do for a hundred grand? And see, when we think about that, it changes our like, okay, no, 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 no. But I, I, I worship God. So even if I got to go through the struggle a little bit, even if I got to dig things out the mud, even though God's going to grace me, I'm not going to bow my knee to, to, to break my own values for the love of money, man. Money doesn't rule us. It can't rule us, y'all. One of the things I've learned in this last 18 months is it's weeded out some people that was all about the dough and they were all about the money. And like, yo, we get together whenever we want. People getting sick and dying and we'll still get together hurting people for for a check nah i don't worship money you can't worship mo listen to me you can't worship the dollar because the dollar will pimp you out for everything that it can but rather god is saying listen if you worship me if you bow your knee to me if you make my affections your desire and you make sure the things that matter to me matter to you i promise you i'll walk you through every storm i'll walk you through every hurt and conviction i'll walk you through all the things that are necessary so that you know that I am your provider I am your sustainer and watch what I do with the life that's been surrendered to God for his glory 
I ain't worshiping money. And so when we do this, what does it do? It, 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 it forces us to have to question ourselves. Not only do we have to remove our idols, but secondly, we got to restructure your strength. Restructure your strength. In Romans 15, he said something powerful. Paul was like, listen, we ourselves, we ought to bear those that are strong with the failings of the weeks and not to please ourselves, but rather each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. So David, you're like, yo, what is, what is, what is this idea of building up and, and, and leaning on one another? Well, literally, the Greek word for strength, it literally means this whole, this, this powerful, dynamic, and, and, and almost like a dynamite version of toughness. And so uh, another word for strength, we could actually sub it out with toughness or tough. And, and Dr. King said something profound that I've tried to live this out as a life message that we must be tough-minded and tender-hearted. We must be tough-minded and tender-hearted because, see, if you want to change the world, if you want this city to know cool is here, if you want to make sure that South Florida can see revival, then you're going to have to be tough-minded because there's some people that's going to get on our nerves. But we have to be resolute, unmoved, determined, and see this tough-mindedness that we're describing, it represents a, the character of a just and a righteous God. And so there are these ways that he, we should be because he is this way. So we must not be hard-hearted or callous or malicious with how we treat people. We can't, we can't uh, kind of like do our own thing, but no, rather we would be tender-hearted and merciful and gracious and, and this love that we have for people see I'm all about activism I live that life this is what we do it's it's a it's formed in in the view of Jesus and what he says that he came to free the oppressed but listen I don't I don't hate anybody to the fact that now I'm off of what Jesus said I'm supposed to do so listen we can be upset we can be mad you should do everything necessary to make sure that things are equal and done right but you do that with the tender heartedness towards people because the moment you drift into hatred and then you get into those other things we're like well I think and all people are like this and man they just all like that no you you have allowed the idolatry of hatred to be lifted up and rather Jesus said no 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 we be tender hearted so we be we be tough minded in what we think we're resolute. We're, we're shaped by the word of God. We're, we're shaped in how we view things the way he ought to view them. But then at the same time, we're tenderhearted towards his people. We're tenderhearted to what we're supposed to do. No, no, no. You're not going to get me out here hating people, talking crazy, and have me on YouTube. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. We have to make sure that we must resource others' weakness with this, this strength to love and how we, how we do this with restructuring our spirit. So, so when we find our brothers and sisters, listen, y'all, who are in this weaker state than we're in, it's like DMX said, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Or somebody recently that just passed said, you, you got what I need. Okay, there's some, there's some, there's a 19-year-old like, what? <laughs> Turn to somebody real quick and say, you got what I need. Turn to the other person and say, you got what I need. Yeah, we got we, we to gotta, we gotta strengthen each other. We got to restructure our strength, not for ourselves. So listen how we do it. So you listen, you got to identify the privilege that you have and then leverage it for those without your privilege. You have to identify the privilege that you have 
and then leverage it for those who don't have your same privilege. So my privilege is this, as a 38-year-old black, Latinx, straight, able, cisgender male who's a disciple of Jesus with consistent income, I have privilege. So as a male, I must tear down patriarchy and sexism that's levied against my sisters. As a straight, cisgender male, I stand up against homophobia and transphobia against my LGBTQ brothers and sisters. We love y'all, we're here for y'all, we're with y'all. Whereas as an able person, people that have disabilities, we, I must leverage my privilege for those and advocate equal treatment of the disabled person. As a black Latinx person, I expect my white brothers and sisters to lay down their privilege. I speak against injustice and oppression of my Asian brothers and sisters or my Pacific Island brothers or sisters. I speak freedom for my Cuban brothers and sisters. And with those of us that we have income, so in this evil capitalist empire that marginalizes and dehumanizes humanizes people without it, I must use my money and my resource to be able to help them and leverage what they need, and I restructure my, my spirit because literally, I got what they need. And as a disciple of Yeshua in this part of the world that we have privilege, I, I must make sure that people with different belief systems and different values in mind are treated with dignity, love, and respect. See, you restructure the strength to, le to, to levy it for people that don't have it. And see, when the world is looking for hope and answers, they're not looking for people that are strong and proud and arrogant. They're looking for people that can take all of that with the Spirit of God and empowered with boldness and literally use it for those that are without. And then that begins to change what the world thinks about us. This other idea, listen, 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 stay with me because I'm trying to help us understand how we, how we resource each other and how, how, what this looks like to practically live this out in this day and age. That we also have to reconcile what God redeemed. Say reconcile, reconcile. what God redeemed. See, Romans 5, verses 10, it was it's interesting. He said, for if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, then how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? See, reconciled, it literally means to change, to have this mutual difference so that there's a, there's a difference, there's a compounded difference, there's a, there's, a, there's a restoration to the divine. And so, my brothers and sisters, we have to reunite what God reconciled. We can't be people that are fighting with everybody and y'all always mad at each other. No, we can't be like that. We have to reunite what, what, what God reconciled. We got to repair what God reconciled. We must make sure that when we do this, we, they see us as bridge builders. People see you as a person that's trying to make a difference so that you can restore relationships with people that are culture, culturally and ethnically different than you. We have to make sure that we rebuild what God repairs. Listen, you can't be racist to God and racist to people, and you can't be that way and still say you love people. You can't be racist to the people of God and then say you want to reconcile his people to God. 
It is exclusive. Those things are not possible. So what happens is that we must be people that can say, no, we'll rebuild, we'll repair, we'll restore what God reconciled with his death on the cross. His, the death and burial of his son Jesus is what literally paid the price so that we can be together. And what Paul was trying to say to this young church, this new church, was like, listen, y'all gonna have a bunch of different people coming through. Some of y'all don't eat the same stuff. Some of y'all used to worship other different things. Some of y'all live with people that that person don't live with, but what's going to happen is I'm going to build a new thing, a new reality, a new world that has been reconciled under Jesus so that now you can model that as well to the world and they can see something that they have never seen before in you. You reconcile what God redeemed. And then as we close, you got to remember what God said through this whole thing. Because you're going to get in trouble with people. People are not going to like you. People are not going to affirm what you say all the time because you take this stand and say, no, I'm for people. I'm for hurting people. I'm for broken people. I'm for the outcast. I'm not a part of that clique. I'm for the downtrodden. I'm from the marginalized. As Jesus said, I'm, I'm for the least of these. And see, when you live that way in a culture that lifts up the well-known, and a culture that lifts up the affluent, the culture that lifts up those that have it all, the culture that lifts up those that seem as if everything is, is okay on, on the, the inside and outside, but truth be told, everybody's hurting and broken. But when you lift up these values, people gonna hate you. They're not gonna like it. Some of your family members gonna hate you because like, yo, nah, that's my homie. Is it a he or a she? That's my homie. Some people are not going to like the fact that you going to sit with somebody and have conversations, difficult conversations, around how you live versus how they live. But see, you're, this whole time, you're getting strengthened to love. But you're going to have to remember what God said in Psalms 18. He said, therefore, I will praise you, Lord, among the nations, and I will sing your praises of your name. I remember what God said. I remember he said in Deuteronomy 32, 43, that you rejoice, you nations, with his people and will all avenge the blood of his servants. And he will take vengeance on his enemies and make atonement for his land and his people. In Psalms 117, that you praise the Lord. All the nations extol him, all the peoples, for there is a great love that he has towards us and his faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. So I praise the Lord. In Isaiah uh, verse 11, chapter 11 verse 10 he says in that day the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for all people and the nations will rally to him and it will be his resting place and will be glorious because we're not walking in our own words we're not speaking in our own power we're not living the way that we want to live but we're, we're living in a way that is shaped by God to do something that this culture has never seen before. And so there's a strength that's gonna be needed. And this strength is not just an arrogant, proud, white knuckle strength. But no, this strength is a subversive, spirit-led strength that enables us to love the unlovable and sit with the untouchable and minister to the broken
and people will, how'd y'all do that? How'd y'all get them in here? Because we have the strength to love. How, how, give me the strategy. <laughs> give me, the, how, how, how are you just gonna have, the, how are you gonna have them right here? God's given me the strength to love because I've been tough-minded, but I'm tender-hearted. That I've restructured my privilege to leverage it for those without it. I've removed my idols of my identity, my idols of the culture that I come from. I removed my idols of what the culture says should be, but I remember what God said. And he said this, I want to give you this word and we out of here. Ezekiel 36, he said, therefore, listen to this. You say this to cool church. This is what the sovereign Lord says. It is not for your sake, the people of cool church, that I am going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you have gone. But I will show you the holiness of my great name which has been profaned among the nations and the name you have profaned among them, but rather then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the sovereign Lord. When I have proved holy through before your eyes, for I will take you out of the nations and I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land and I will sprinkle clean water on you and I will and you will be clean I will cleanse you from all your impurities from all your idols I will give you a new heart and put in you a new spirit and I will remove from you this heart of stone that was hatred and and racist and oppressive and I will give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit on you, cool church, and move in you, through you. So if you follow my decrees, you be careful to keep my laws, then you will live in the land that I have promised your ancestors from Haiti, the land that I promised your ancestors in Nigeria, the land that I promised your ancestors in Colombia, the land that I promised your ancestors in Cuba, the land that I promised you right here in Florida, and you will be my people, and I will be your God. So he will strengthen you. He's your hope. He's our strength. This is what we put our strength in. Not in ourselves. Not in anything that man has declared. But we rest in the strength of our God. That he'll help us rebuild what, what the enemy and the devourer has tried to destroy. And so that when it's all reconciled and said and done, I've been enabled with the strength to love. It's a supernatural power by the strength of God. Team, y'all can come on out. I want you to do, if you could just bow your heads for a moment. Dr. King, Dr. King said something. We look at all this craziness and all this wickedness we have the, the propensity to lose hope. Dr. King said evil can be cast out, not by man alone, nor by a dictatorial God who invades our lives, but rather when we open the door and invite God through Christ to enter, these deadly paralyzing evils that can be removed by humanity that's perfectly united through the obedience with God so that racial injustice, which is a genuine possibility for our nation and in the world, will come neither by our frail or often misguided efforts, 
nor by God just imposing his will on wayward men. But when enough people open their lives to God and allow him to pour his triumphant divine energy into their souls, you'll then be gifted the strength to love. I want to pray for you right now. And my man, I, I hear you listening. You're like, yo, that sounds clever and that sounds interesting, but are you saying that I'm never going to face some of the things that I've had to walk through over the last year? I'm not. In truth, and according to the word, it's actually going to get crazier. But what God is going to do is he's going to give you his spirit and he's going to give you an ability to walk the way that you have never been able to walk on your own. It simply is just requiring you to say, yo, I want to follow this Jesus that you're talking about. I'm not talking about no white, long-haired, blue-eyed Jesus that be skipping around Bethlehem. No, I'm talking about the true Jesus. The one that says, I am that I am. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords, and he will invade your life and change everything about your future. That Jesus is available to you right now. So if you're here and you want to follow Jesus, if you could in the chat right now, just take your phone out, text cool fam to 1-833-675-9430. If you're here in this audience, you're saying, David, I want to follow this Jesus you're talking about. I want to walk the way that you're describing with all heads bowed, every eye closed and just say, yo, I want to follow him. You raise your hand and we'll pray for you. Another group of people I want to pray for is when you're here and you say, David, you all could stand to your feet. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Everybody stand. You're saying, David, that sounds really cool and that sounds interesting. But, um, man, I've, I've seen things happen for so long. I almost, I almost feel like I don't even know if it's really possible. But I, I want to pray for some people that will restructure their strength. I want to pray for some people that will remove your idols. I want to pray for some people that will say, hey, I'm going to resource and remember what God said. And David, would you pray for me that I'll be able to walk because we're accountable to the word that we hear. And as you would say, David, it's cool. I, I, this is like my first altar call in 18 months. So I'm kind of excited to do this and pray with you guys. <laughs> So listen, if you, if you want to restructure your strength, if you want to remove your idols and say, yo, I, want, I need the strength to love that you're talking about, come meet me right here and we're going to pray together. We're going to pray together. So come on up, come on up, come on up, come on up, come on up. Say, hey, help me. Will you pray for me? Pray for me. I'm not praying for just new believers. I'm talking about believers, the cool fam that's here. It's like, yo, would you help me remove my idols? Would you help me to restructure my strength? I want to walk with that courage and with that boldness. I want to walk in a way that said, Lo, I don't care what people think about me. I'm ready to follow him in a way that's unusual because some of us, God's going to require some crazy things from us and you're going to need the spirit of God that's full of them so that you can love my brothers and sisters who don't identify the same way that you do, where you can be able to listen some people that are different than you as you come on up here we're going to pray together and we're going to meet jesus and we're going to say god have your way have your way have your way come on when you come this is the first altar call we've done in a minute so come on raise your hands lift your hands up you i'm gonna lead you and say god change me change me i remove my idols i lay down the idolatry of money i lay down the the idolatry of, of people's opinions i lay those things down in the name of jesus god right now i pray that you would restructure 
structure my strength, that you would take all of the things that I have and change my heart so that I can leverage it for the least of these. God, break my heart for the things that break yours. I pray that you would give me a vision for the least of these. I pray, God, that you would give us a burden for the downtrodden. I ask in the name of Jesus that you would take our strengths and our gifts and then use it for your glory. I pray that you would maximize the potential of businesses so that people can employ people. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would prosper people so that they can be a blessing to those that are without. God, I pray that they would take everything that we have and we would lift it up to you. And God, you would bless it so that this nation, this region, God, Miramar will see a miracle so that we can draw people into your name. Come on, if you believe that, lift up a shout of praise in this place. So listen, I love you all. Thank y'all so much for letting me hang out with y'all. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you've heard, please consider sharing it with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And always remember that you were created out of love.